different road. Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. And men, uh, today I want to share with you uh, sort of my story, um, kind of when things began to turn for me uh, in a different way. And the reason why I want to share this story um, is because I believe it might be helpful to some of you. And in the last uh, couple of days, I've had the opportunity to kind of share this story uh, within the context of the conversations I was having. Um, I was sitting with my wife and kids tonight and watching one of those shows where people who have talent or who get opportunities and someone made the phrase uh, or said the phrase, um, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I believe there are once in a lifetime opportunities, but I believe Life presents more opportunities for uh, incredible life change than we give life credit for. And when I talk about life, I'm talking specifically about God who has created you, who has wired you, who has knit you together, knows everything about you, knows everything about your life, um, has a tremendous plan for you. But what happens a lot of times is we lose focus or we lose direction. And what we do is we fall into the comparison trap. And so what I want to do is back up. And um, I graduated high school, an incredibly small class, okay? My class was so small. um, I think we had three, if not four, foreign exchange students. And even that, that class would have been about uh, 16 kids, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And uh, when they handed out like class rankings at the end of the year, uh, I got my report card and I was 16th out of 16. Whatever the graduating number was, I was last. Yes, I graduated. Uh, no, all the other kids were not uh, valedictorian style students. It was just I was a really bad student because I exerted zero effort into um, into becoming a better student, which would have been a tremendous heartache and uh, gut ache and everything else uh, for my parents who were paying for my education. I just didn't have a desire to learn. Now that's, that's my fault. That's not on anybody else. That's my fault. And so, um, I played sports and I like sports. And so I thought I was just going to go on to college and continue to play sports. What I found in college was people, um, they worked out and they, they ate right food and they, they went to bed at the right time. And, and I, I just simply didn't want to do those things. And so, um, I, the college I went to had a soccer team. I was on the soccer team, uh, my freshman year and I, I hurt my knee and the truth was, I probably could have continued to play. I just didn't want to do it. I just, I literally had no focus, no vision. So what I would do is I would enroll in classes for about two and a half years at this junior college and rarely go. I mean, rarely go. What happened was I began to work a bunch of different jobs and, and, uh, I would work fast food places. Um, I would coach at uh, my local high school. I coached junior high sports. I, I coached varsity baseball one time. Um, and so I would just do these piddle things. And again, just trying to like get out of the batter's box, if you will, of life. And, and I would do these piddle things for life and just to get some money. I mean, I would make a hundred dollars here and there. And so I worked at, um, a fast food restaurant that was about 20, 25 minutes from my house, which is a really bad idea in the town I grew up in because we have tons of fast food restaurants. I don't know why I did it, but then I would work there till close. And so that would be like, you know, I get home one, two in the morning. And by the time you got home and you ate food, I mean, the last thing you wanted to do was get up and go to classes. And so um, basically for two and a half years, I did this. And then I decided I just needed to work. 
some point along the way, I end up meeting what will be my wife um, as I was working jobs, and we get married. She had went to a Bible college. I had uh, basically no education, and that was my fault. And I remember one day, she was standing in the trailer that we were renting. We had not been married very long, maybe just... I don't know, a couple months. It, it didn't seem like it was that long. Um, and she had, she said something to the effect of, hey, I'm thinking about going back to school. And I said, great. Okay, I, I don't care. We were doing the Dave Ramsey plan. We didn't have a lot of money. Uh, but what we did have, they were in like envelopes. And so I thought, fine, if, if we have the money, we're pretty responsible, I think, with money. Um, if you want to go back, you go back. I think it's great. And uh, she said, do you want to go back? And I thought there is absolutely no way I want to. I had no desire to go back to school and continue any form of education whatsoever. And she said the statement to me, and, and, and it wasn't offensive, but it was a great question. And somebody needed to ask the question. And maybe... Maybe for years, people were asking the question, and I just didn't pay attention. And the question was, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And I thought for just a brief moment, and I actually said to her, I'm going to finish watching this baseball game, and then I'll go from there. I, I honestly, and it was kind of a smart, like, snarky answer, but uh, the truth was I didn't have a plan, and I wasn't going to do it. And, and so she uh, probably coerced me into going back to school. So I go back to that junior college and they they ask for your social security number and that's how they keep track of your records and they pull it up and the lady said something like oh as she pulled up my records and I said yeah I know I know um not a lot of stuff there and she's like well here's the problem uh because of the the, the way that you performed in these courses before we can um ever let you take more courses you have to go back and retake them so basically I was going to take introduction classes all over again and that's fine because I I had not gathered anything from these courses. And so uh, she printed off about five pages of classes that needed to be retaken uh, before I could ever do uh, anything else, before I could ever even think about taking any more electives or pursuing anything else that I wanted to pursue. I needed to finish these courses. Um, and I want to say this before I, I go on, and I hopefully I'll say it again. I don't believe you have to have a college education to do great things in life. I, I don't. And so if you're, if you're listening to this saying, well, he's just trying to get me to go back to school, that's simply not the case. What I'm saying is this was my journey to finding some purpose in life, to finding something that I do or I enjoy doing, because prior to that, I had absolutely no focus. And I think this happens a lot. I think this happens a lot. Maybe you just go to college like I did and you just enroll because everybody else your age is doing it. Maybe you do it because someone, uh, maybe it's a family member says, hey, I'll, I'll pay for your education if you go. Uh, I don't know. I think sometimes people will complete college or complete these things with no purpose either. But I'm saying this was an opportunity for me to begin to develop some purpose. And so I enroll in classes I have my five pages of classes I'm going to have to retake. And so what, what I did was I kept, and to this day, I still have this paper. I kept the paper, and every time I took a class and I passed it, I would just cross it off. And uh, I still have it because it means the world to me. It means that in that moment, everything about getting a degree, everything about getting any kind of education seemed absolutely overwhelming. And if I'm really, really honest with you, was quite embarrassing like I didn't show that paper to other people. That paper actually stayed in the bottom of like one of my drawers uh, that I would keep like shorts in or something. Um, but I would pull it out, I cross the class off, and I would go, "Okay, these are classes I need to take next." And and I went 
uh, pretty much straight through, I think, um, almost till the day of, of graduation. But ultimately, I, I started taking these classes. But the very first day of my very first class, I show up to the door. Uh, I'm there a little bit early uh, because I'm OCD about time. I'm there a little bit early. And as I'm getting ready to walk in, I recognize somebody that's sitting in the class. And uh, this person was what was my point guard for my seventh grade basketball team that I was co- I used to coach. And now this person is no longer in seventh grade. They're now a freshman in college. And uh, I walk in. I thought, well, might as well sit by somebody you know. And uh, he said, how's it going, coach? I said, oh, pretty good. How are you doing, man? And uh, man, that was very, very humbling. Uh, very humbling. All these kids that you know, I had what had been you know six whatever years earlier. I was their coach. They thought I was cool. They thought I was fun. We won a lot of games. Had a lot of fun. Now I'm back in school, and and I believe God placed me right there because in that class, that was a great, great class. It was an English class. And during the, the course of that time, we had to write papers. And I remember my first paper, I saved it to a disc like I thought you were supposed to do. And I didn't realize there were different formats uh, for saving papers. Uh, that, that kid, that, that basketball player, uh, saved me. He's like, well, you drop down the arrow and you save it this way. And I had no, I knew nothing about computers. I knew at that point it had been so long since I had touched uh, a computer probably eight years and I had zero desire to ever touch one. I didn't think I'd ever need one. And so here I am learning how to save papers from what was a seventh grade basketball player, incredibly humbled and continue. I just kept trudging through and taking classes with people that were you know, 18 years old. And here I am married and my wife and I are both going to school and I'd work at, you know, uh, a school system. I'd work at Dairy Queen at lunch. I mean, I took night classes. I just kept trying to dig, dig, and dig. And I wasn't even 100% sure where I was going to dig. And at some point, I began to work for the school system. And, and one summer, I worked with a bunch of custodians. I'm not against uh, being a custodian or cleaning floors or anything, but this particular group of custodians was... Um, not enjoying their job to say the least. And I realized after that summer, this is one job I don't want. I don't want to have to work with these guys ever again. So that was good. I started to realize, okay, what I don't want to do the following summer, uh, our local church camp called my wife because they knew her because she grew up at that church camp and said, uh, would you be a, a lifeguard and nurse at our camp? And she's like, yeah, that'd be great. Cause we were both going to school, working at a school. And they said, Hey, I know you're married. Would your husband be a lifeguard as well? Well, I took the job and I met the camp director and told the guy, uh, here's the deal. Um, I don't know how to swim, but I'm going to learn how to swim. And he's like, oh, no problem. He was a cool guy. And so every day on my lunch break, I would go to the local YMCA and I would learn how to swim. And that was humbling because when the first time I showed my wife and this person how I swam, they laughed at me. And uh, so before long, it was like a rocky montage. I was getting weights off the bottom of the pool. This person was timing me, showing me drills and things that you're going to have to do to pass your lifeguard test. And then I went to go take the test and I took it with a bunch of 15 and 16 year old like high school kids getting their first First job, and here I am, about 25 years old. That was very, very humbling. Having just learned to swim the the right way uh, weeks before, I passed the class, I passed the, the certification, and um, never think about drowning in a pool if someone's as certified as I am. So here I am, lifeguarding in a pool at a church camp. I've never been to church camp. I have no idea what you do at church camp. And through the course of that church camp and seeing people come through and stuff, felt God leading me to go into ministry. I said, man, I, I don't, I, I, I don't do ministry. I'm not, I love Jesus. That's all great. I, I, I didn't want to be in front of people. I didn't want to talk in front of people. I knew nothing about that. 
long story short, eventually there's a church that uh, I had put out a resume and somebody I knew con- put me in contact with them. Uh, they wanted to hire me, which is crazy. This has got to be a God thing. This church wants to hire me. I have no experience. I have no idea what I'm doing. They eventually bring me down to preach, and I preached a sermon. You know as well as I do that I talk incredibly fast, but back then I talked even quicker because I was even more nervous. And at the end of the sermon, it probably lasted, I don't know, 20 minutes because I went incredibly fast. I didn't even know how to end the sermon. I just looked at the guy who led worship and said, that's all I got. You know, and he came up and he's and he salvaged the day. He really liked me. We became good friends, but uh, he saved me. And they, the church voted 97% that they wanted me to come be their um, associate pastor. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. So I go to there. I'd be their associate pastor. I'm taking online classes. I'm learning to, I, I did like meteorology or something. I don't know. And I'm taking classes and have no education. Again, just keep digging. Just keep working. If you if you believe God is leading you, you just keep. It's hard. Some days it sucks. Some days you're incredibly frustrated. You're angry. I'm sure there were days that threw a pity party. I know there were times that I thought this doesn't seem fair. I'm never going to complete this. But along the way, I just kept crossing classes off one at a time, two at a time, and I took them and just kept taking them and taking them. Eventually, we go to we end up at a church that would allow us to do uh, children's ministry, which is what we want to do. And and uh, we're at this church, and they said, we really believe in you, and we believe we want you to get your education. I said, man, I want that too. And they said, we'll pay for it. I said, even better. And this church paid for the rest of my education. So they paid for like the last, was it two, two and a half years of my education, which is a tremendous blessing. And I understand there are people who do not have that privilege or opportunity. But what I did was when the opportunity presented itself, I said, I'm going to do it. And, and what I would do is once a week drive over to this college that was about, I don't know, an hour, 45 minutes away. So I'd leave at like three o'clock and get home like midnight. And I was doing full-time ministry. And I had a kid along the way. I had my second kid. And on the day of my graduation, um, I don't exactly remember my grade point average and you really don't care, but I want you to know that kid that finished last in his class in high school, who was just barely getting through, who had no direction, no vision, whatever that guy now married with two children. I finished third in my class at St. Louis Christian college. And the point of that is once you get your focus, just sink your teeth into it and do not stop. I have been on a relentless pursuit to continue to learn and get better ever since then. I I thought, I do not want to feel inadequate. I do not want to feel dumb. I do not want to feel lazy. I do not want to feel outprepared. I do not want to feel outworked and just kept digging. But along the way, what was amazing about this journey and what's amazing about the journey of life is this. I met other people who worked even harder than I did and to put it all in perspective. Because, see, we can think we're the hardest working, we're the smartest, we're the most valuable, we're the whatever lie you want to tell yourself, but we're not. And I sit in this class, and the guy that was valedictorian was actually a carpenter whose knees were just like going shot on him. And I thought, man, that sucks. I remember a lady in my class who was there, and she was, um, I think she was older than I was. I would never ask her that. But um, she left her kids at home every night at class by themselves. And they were young because she had no babysitter. She had no one to take care of her kids. I remember you know, someone that was dealing with an illness. I remember someone who was going, uh, I think they were going blind. I mean, there was all kinds of stories along the way that I would meet people and think they are outworking me. And that's good because they will light that fire inside you and keep you going. So what is the point of all this? The point is this. I understand people who do not have focus. I understand people that do not have direction, but I want you to know if you will listen and you will pause for just a moment and look at the opportunities around you that you are afforded, 
there's more available to you than you realize. I would say this, if you're thinking about going back to school, you might start by reading a book before you sign up for you know, 18 credit hours. You see, that's what I did. I just jumped right in deep in and, and suddenly all this discipline is just tremendously overwhelming. I would stay up as late as I wanted to prior to that. I would, I would sleep on the weekends as long as I wanted. I never read a thing. I didn't learn about anything. I just watched sports. I probably played video games. I, I think I did. Um, I, I just, I had no nothing. And suddenly now I'm taking like 12, 16, you know, was it 15, 18 credit hours. That's slightly overwhelming. I'd say start with that. But there are five things. And there are five things I want to leave you guys, man. I want you to think about this uh, that I think can be a help to you if you are looking to find and develop your purpose. The first thing is this. Listen to the people who are for you. Okay, there will always be voices. There will always be distractions. There will always be the the comparison trap. If you are whatever age you are, you will have peers who are on social media, who are at work, whatever, and you will compare yourself to them. Man, I don't have as good a truck as he has. I don't have the education that he has. I don't have the the family that he has. Boy, he already has three kids and I have one. I I don't give a, a, a rip what somebody else has. Listen to the people who are for you. There are people who are cheering you on, but you are smart enough to know there will always be people who find joy in some weird way in tearing you down. There will always be people who will try to sweep your legs out. There will always be people who are just, I I, I don't know if if their life feels unfulfilled. I don't know what it is. Um, I remember, and I've shared this before, but I remember one time sitting with a bunch of guys and we were talking about uh, somebody that we knew that was going back to school and and the conversation turned pretty sour. It was overwhelming. They're never going to complete it. It's not going to happen. And I actually said, boy, aren't we a bunch of downers, right? And what can happen is sometimes when people do not fulfill their life or feel like, you know, whatever they want to do was too overwhelming, they'll start to take you out, if they, if you will, either to your face or behind your back because they never did it themselves. And so you have to want to do it. But I'm telling you, you have people who are for you. They might be hard to find. They may, you may be only able to find them online. Sometimes you meet nicer people online than you do in real life. You might struggle to find those people. I'm telling you, there are people who are for you out there. Uh, If you need a group of people who will be for you, Pursuit of Manliness closed Facebook group. Check it out. There's about 2,200 men from all over the world. They will root you on. They will encourage you. They will push you, especially if you ask for it, okay? So number one, listen to the people who are for you. Number two, start thinking about what could go right instead of what could go wrong. If I went and learned that trade, if I signed up for that class, if I volunteered for that, if you, when you put yourself out there, one of the things we do because we are insecure people is we begin to think about all the things that could possibly go wrong. I could fail this class and now I owe $700. I could, you know, Whatever you know, whatever it is, we can always think about what could go wrong. Think about what could go right. Look at your life and say, "Okay, if I did this, what's the positive desired outcome from doing this?" It, it might be something as as simple as your purpose is helping other people get healthy, but you know that you're unhealthy physically speaking, and so you're thinking, "Well, I want to get in shape, and I want." But what if I? And then what? What if you start thinking about what could go right? Think about what could go right instead of what could go wrong. Number three, define the reality. And what I mean by that is your time, your money, and education. If you say, I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to get my doctorate, 
Great. But you don't have your associates yet. That's going to be a lot of work. Do you have, is, is that, is, are you able to see that window? Do you say, you know what? Um, I have, I have 12 kids. I'm going to my doctorate. I'm going to, great. Then you need to have a sit down with your spouse and say, Hey, here's what I'm going to do for the next 10 years of my life. Or maybe you're like, Hey, I'm just this and this away. I, I don't know what it is, but when you start to find your purpose or you think you know what your purpose is, you need to define your reality. Okay, I shared with someone uh, just recently, I thought at one point in my life, I wanted to work for a zoo. Um, I had a really good friend growing up whose brother worked at a zoo. We got this incredible experience to go where the cages are, hold animals and got to do stuff that you probably should not be allowed to do. And I remember thinking, hey, I think I want to do this as a job, but I don't really like animals. And I think dogs smell disgusting and I hate cats. And, and so boy, all those things, I think it's funny when people walk their pet and they have to carry their poop. I'm like, you're the human, they're the pet, you're carrying their poop. That's bizarre. But uh, how would I ever scoop gorilla poop? How would I ever, how would I ever take care of an animal if I want, so defining my reality would be, no, that's a terrible idea. Don't, don't do that. Even if you try to think about number two, what, what could go right? What, what could go right? And then what's the reality here? And so number four is this. Start today. Tomorrow will not happen, okay? So whatever you think your purpose is, start today. You want to get in shape. You want to write a blog. You want to start a podcast. You want to create a website. Start today. Go to YouTube and learn how to start a website. Call someone that knows how to do a podcast. Uh, start your blog. Start, you know, if whatever. You want to be a self-help coach. You want to be, great, start today. That doesn't mean you will perfect it today. What I mean is this. It, don't, don't give yourself bull crap. Be, be honest with yourself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start today. Because if I wait till tomorrow, it's never going to happen. This was the, the weird year that it actually happened that the first day of the first uh, of the year, January 1st, was actually on a Monday. And I wonder how many people said, wow, I have the first day of the, of the brand new year. It's the first on a Monday. Actually did what they said they're going to do. The reality is probably very few. You're always waiting for that Monday. Or you're always waiting for the first of the month. Or you're always waiting till this perfect you know, storm just passes through. It's not going to happen. Start today. Once I enrolled in classes, and again, it was rough. I mean, I took courses on even on vacation. When I worked that summer at that at that camp, I took two or three classes. I don't recall how many, but many times when it was downtime or break time or people getting to swim or hang out, I was in one of the offices on the internet uh, taking online classes, like taking tests or whatever, because I, I, I want the desired outcome that I have today, but I was willing to sacrifice that in the moment. So you need to start whatever that is today. And when you realize, hey, I'm going to do this, once I felt God calling me to ministry, I started telling people because I wanted someone to hold me accountable because I didn't want it to be just a, a flash, you know, just thing blowing in the wind. And now I'm on to something else because it's so easy to do that. And it's much easier just to keep doing what you're already doing. But I'm telling you, you're missing out. If you do that, you have, I believe every person, whether you're doing what you're supposed to be doing or not, has way more potential inside them than they ever realized. I firmly, firmly believe that. And number five is this. I want, I want you to live like you are doing it now. What I mean is develop the discipline to learn, grow, and live like that. If you say, I want to be a doctor, then start reading doctor stuff. Start watching doctor shows. Start getting on. F- start living like you're a doctor. Doctors uh, have, I would assume, certain lifestyles. You want to be a firefighter. You want to be uh, a baseball player. You want to be whatever it is. You start living like that person. When I realized that I wanted to move from 
children's ministry to more of a lead pastor role, I began to change my mind shift. I began to make a shift here in my mind, change my mindset and say, okay, what does that look like? I started contacting guys who were doing this role and asking them, what does your week look like? What do you, how often do you communicate this? What is this? And just picking their brain. I started picking the brain of people who were already further down the road than I was and just taking notes from what they said. Just shut up and listen. So what I had to do was start to live like I was doing it right then. Start If, if you want to be a fitness guru, if you whatever, start doing it right now. Whatever it is, live like it now. Start today, but live like you're doing it right now. If you want to live uh, in, in France someday, you want to live whatever... Start learning to speak French right now. If you don't do it, you're never, ever going to do it. I was amazed at how quickly my wife got me down to the registrar's office, and suddenly I'm enrolled in classes. The next thing I know, I'm purchasing books and thinking, wow, this is really going to happen. But I'm telling you, I had some of the most amazing experiences with different classes, um, even even she and I being able to take classes together, which um, I don't know how often that happens, especially if you once you get out of that traditional college age, but she and I were able to take classes together. Um, I'm thankful for that, or I would never got out of math class, but we took other courses together. It was just an opportunity for us to learn and grow, and, and man, we were on that same mission together. Um, if your spouse is thinking the same thing, pass this on to her, man. Again, five things. Listen to people who are for you. Start thinking about what could go right. Define your reality that you live in right now. Start today and live like you're doing it right now. Guys, if you will apply that, I'm telling you, you'll find your purpose, man. Uh, take some time. Get some solitude. Get away. Write some things down. Figure out, what am I about? What am I passionate about? Do I want to do this job for another 25 years? Do I want to do it in this fashion? Do I want to stay in this role? What does it look like if I advance to a different role? How much time should should um, go by between... Uh, between before now and when I enter into that new role, I knew when I, when I, again, when I was thinking lead servant or lead pastor, thinking about preaching, I knew I wasn't ready. And I knew I had several things I needed to learn along the way. And so I spent, you know, a year or two or probably a little bit more than that actually trying to begin to develop that mindset and think about, okay, what would I do if I was the lead person in this situation? How would I conduct this meeting? How would I cast this vision? How would I, so for you, it's going to look different, but I'm telling you, man, you have way more potential in you than you realize I don't care if you think you're blowing up the world and boy, things could not get better. You will always have more power available to you because you are in Christ and you have the power of God available to you. You have the Holy Spirit residing inside of you. God who knows everybody in the history of the universe can can network for you and with you in ways that you can never imagine. It's about just saying, you know what, I'm going to do more. I'm going to do better. And I'm telling you, I am going to relentlessly pursue that life. And man, when you do that, you will find fulfillment. You'll find purpose. And it doesn't mean life gets automatically easier because boy, I'm telling you, there's some really hard years in there, really hard years. And, and again, the day of my graduation to stand there with my wife and my two kids and, and it was my second daughter's first birthday. Um, they did that. They, they earned that degree. We all collectively earned it together because it was certainly a team effort and it will be for whatever it is for you guys. So man, I hope that is an element of, of uh, positivity to, for you. I hope it's some kind of encouragement to think about. Um, that's my story. I, I just felt convicted recently. Like, man, I've been sharing that with a couple guys. I want to share it with you guys. Um, it's a, it's a journey. It's a journey, man. And whatever time God has given you, it's, it's a gift. It's a blessing. Take advantage of it. And I would say this above all else. You don't have to go back to school. I want, I want to say that again. Above all else, never stop 
learning. I don't care what age you are. I don't care how defeated you are. I don't care what's happened in your life. Never stop learning and growing. Man, once you start, once you stop learning and growing, you start dying. All right, guys. So, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for taking time to listen to this podcast. Go to iTunes. I'd love for you guys to search The Pursuit of Manliness on iTunes. Um, click subscribe. You never miss a podcast. Um, and if you leave a review, you guys have done that, man. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Five star reviews are incredibly, uh, I'm incredibly thankful for it. I, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, again, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Guys, if you'd invite your friends, share this podcast with them, like it, share it, comment on it. Man, I really, really appreciate it. All right, man, I'll talk to you soon. Where it